to Michael Cole. I know you enjoyed your first day of school going and checking out Memphis Grizzlies Media Day. You were there in the flesh listening to the shocking reveal of John Morant's availability, at least in terms of practice and travel with the team. To start the season, you heard the eye-rolling injury update, at least for me, of Steven Adams, and much more. We're going to get all your takes and then some on a pretty loaded Tuesday edition of Locked On Grizzlies. Let's lock in. You are Locked On Grizzlies, your daily Memphis Grizzlies podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is a terrific Tuesday edition of Lockdown Grizzlies, and we are so grateful to have you with us, however you're checking us out, whether it's on YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome, welcome, welcome once again to Lockdown Grizzlies. And once again, I am joined by my co-host, the incomparable DeMichael Cole of the Commercial Appeal there in Memphis, Tennessee. I, of course, am Joe Mullinax of Bluff City Media, also of uh, SB Nation. Once the season gets rolling, I have a column every couple of weeks that goes up over there. But you probably know me best at this stage for Lockdown Grizzlies in my writing over at Bluff City Media. Between DeMichael and I, we have got you all the way set up for the Memphis Grizzlies season that is incoming. And DeMichael, you have to tell me. Uh, it's kind of like I'm your uh, your big brother here. Yeah. Tell me how your first day of school went. You, you know, it, it felt like I was a kid. You know, I, I think I've told you in the past, Joe, when I, I remember when when I first started going to school in Memphis, I, I went to school in Olive Branch, Mississippi, my first couple years, even though I'm from Memphis. But I went to school sure. down there. And then when I got to second grade, first day of school, you know, Memphis is a little bit different. You know, you you got to you got to come with a little flavor. Right. Mm. So I, I got my brand new pair of shoes. I slept with the shoebox and all that good stuff. And then, you know what? I woke up in the morning. But my mom brought me to school, brought me and my brother to school. And 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 you know what? It's time to shine. So that's what it was at me. It was time to shine. And and you know what? It exceeded my expectations from a revealing factor. There was so Absolutely. much, so much we learned, uh, so much clarity that was provided. Uh, I think everyone in attendance can agree that Derrick Rose stole the show. I, I mean, Joe, he's gonna change your mind. When you go back and watch the whole thing, Joe, Joe, because look. There were a couple other reporters in the room. I'm not going to say their names, but there were a couple other reporters who I know had similar opinions as you. Is you know that he's basically uh, being brought in to be an after-school daycare teacher or something. But when you hear Derrick Rose talk, there was a. It felt like we he took us to church or something for a minute. There was some wisdom in that guy. Uh, in in one as one reporter in the room said, he doesn't have to play a minute this season to have an enormous impact on this team. But all in all, it was a very revealing experience. A lot of players, uh, you get the sense that this season, the energy around that team is going to be a little bit different. As you saw, Joe, you may have noticed, there wasn't any uh, 1,000 retweet um, trash-talking mm-hmm. sound bites from this one. You know, you go back to last year, there was a bunch of stuff said all throughout the season. It's strictly business in Memphis now. We'll talk more about Derrick Rose towards the end of the show. I do, uh, I do have a take on that. That I'm waiting for. It. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we'll we'll keep we'll use that as a cliffhanger. Uh, I'll give an opinion on the Derrick Rose stuff uh, towards the end of the program, and we'll also talk about. You know, we mentioned Stephen Adams on yesterday's show, and there was a, a an update 
that wasn't an update uh, to that situation that I'm sure, you know, the way you explain it will make me roll my eyes uh, from their perspective, not from yours. I can never do that at you, of course. Uh, but I think that, you know, before we get into the major news of the day, I do want to make sure that, again, you're liking, rating, commenting, reviewing, subscribing, however you get your podcast, checking us out on YouTube, free and available as proud members of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team each and every day. Myself or DeMichael or both of us will be with you just about every day, the remainder of the season. Exciting times, uh, busy times, but exciting ones here on Locked On Grizzlies. DeMichael, Zach Lyman leads off these media availabilities and... He dropped the bombshell of the day, at least in my opinion, that the league, I don't know how this is possible. John Morant is with the team like right now. And John Morant will be with the Memphis Grizzlies when they travel. John Morant will be with the Memphis Grizzlies as they open camp with their first practice today. He may not be able to play in his proximity and location in games. You can maybe explain a little bit more with that. I know there's some question about if he's actually going to get paid for this. Like, it's it's just so wild to me that, you know, you and I predicted he'd be back around like December 1st, right? Gives him a couple of weeks of a ramp up, getting ready for December 19th. He's there from the beginning. I don't know how good that is for John Morant. Uh, if we are to believe Marcus Smart and Derrick Rose, it's probably really good if he listens to those guys. But I do know it's phenomenal for the Grizzlies because once December 19th hits, John Morant has no excuse to not be ready for the season. Yeah, I, I mean it's it's the best news I think you could have gotten in John Morant's situation. If you right. if you if you drew up a good, better, best situation, this would have been exactly the best case scenario. Best case scenario is John Morant arrives on the same day as his teammates, which is pretty much was the case. He posted a picture I think on his Instagram story on yesterday, which I know the locker room, so I know where he was in, in there, and he, he what. The casual viewer probably saw was, you know, all of his shoes kind of looked like they were in a drawer. That right. drawer is the locker room, you know. Uh, so all of his shoes are in the locker room, which is a sign that he was in the building and he's allowed to be in the building. Uh, some people wanted more clarity on what this means and how it looks uh, just to kind of provide answers from that perspective. Most of you probably still won't see John Morant. Uh, because of the, the two-hour rule in the NBA, Joe, I'm sure you're familiar with it. When mm -hmm. guys are suspended, uh, you cannot you know, be in the arena two hours before the game. So uh, once, for example, if when I'm at shoot-around at 9 a.m. in the morning, 10 a.m. in the morning, or whatever the case may be, we may see John Morant in that, in that situation. But right. once it's a, if it's a 7 o'clock game, by 5 o'clock, John Morant has to be completely out of the building. So how does that work when the Grizzlies are on the road? Well, guess what? He'll be out of the building in that situation too. Two hours before the game, he'll probably just go back to his hotel room. He can go wherever he wants as long as he's not in the building, but he'll probably be in his hotel room. So uh, I hope he's in his hotel room. That makes me nervous too. <laughs> that that makes you nervous. But it he seems is not allowed to go to Miami. He's not allowed he, to go to Los Angeles. <laughs> <laughs> now, not allowed on those trips. Uh, don't let them in Phoenix either. That's that's yeah. A, that, that's, that's a, a low key one. You're right. That's a, that's a low key one. But but all jokes aside, with with John Morant here, I think here's the thing. Uh, Zach Kleiman didn't reveal too much on the behind the scenes, but I think you could kind of get the intuition from him talking that uh, there will be some other you know things put in place when the Grizzlies are on the road to kind of 
you know, uh, keep an eye and, and make sure, you know, he's staying out of harm's way and things like that. But the most important thing here is what you alluded to in the beginning. He's going to be around the team. Uh, now we don't have to question whether December 19th is going to be his first game. And according to Zach Kleiman's comments, the league has said if he stays on this path, you know, he's going to be allowed to be fully around the team. So, again, he has to stay on this path with no more hiccups and things like that. And if that's the case, uh, we'll see John Moran December 19th against New Orleans Pelicans, and he'll be ramping up. Yeah, which is just, again, crazy to me, uh, given how intense that situation got at times leading up to the 25-game suspension. But it makes sense. I, I do think that sometimes structure is good, and I'm sure the NBA is probably wise to the idea of you know just letting John Morant be out by himself for two months without the structure of practice and the Grizzlies and the resources that they can provide to support him. I do think that it's smart to keep him around the Grizzlies in that manner. So they're probably thinking more long-term with that. Short-term, I'm sure as the word gets out around the NBA that this is the case, there's going to be some fans that don't think that's cool, right? Like Memphis fans should be thrilled, but I'm not sure other NBA, because we've talked about in the past, guys that have been suspended, different types of suspensions, of course, right, right? but they haven't been allowed to be around the team for that the entire length of that suspension. John Morant, except for the two-hour rule, which you just mentioned, is going to be around the team the entire time. Like, that is extremely valuable for this Grizzlies franchise that is hoping to keep their head above water in terms of a 500 record while Morant is out and then hit the ground running come mm-hmm. December 19th. Yeah, you got to remember, though, at the same time, he wasn't really allowed to use the team facilities in the summer. Uh, right. It doesn't seem like a big deal to us because, you know, most people don't watch the Grizzlies in the summer. But at the same time, when Zaire Williams and, and you know, David Roddy and Jaron Jackson Jr. and all these guys were going into Grizzlies' facility and working out, John Morant couldn't be there. He, he couldn't That's go true. in. So, so uh, I'm sure that was part of it. And then, not to get too technical with the suspension, but – uh, even though he was suspended 25 games, we've seen 25 game suspensions laid down for much harsher penalties. And Absolutely. I think this this may be Adam Silver in the NBA's uh, league office way of saying uh, he didn't completely commit a crime. So we're putting the punishment down on him by giving him a 25 game suspension. But at the same time, we'll allow him to be around the team a little bit. And, and that still should, you know, help him learn the lesson in this case. And then the last thing that I wanted to mention as we're talking about this is Taylor Jenkins uh, was asked this question too. I'm sure we can touch more on this later on, but the main thing I wanted to say is uh, John Morant, even though he's going to be around the team right now, he's not going to be working with the first team and teams like that. Right. Uh, he He's going to be pretty much with the scout team, the third team, maybe do a couple reps with the second team, uh, because quite frankly, the Grizzlies are prioritizing finding this starting lineup and getting those things in order uh, more so than, you know, John Morant's ramp up right now. He's going to do some things off to the side and all that stuff too. But eventually, you know, as we get into the regular season and stuff like that, he'll start to be incorporated into the first uh, team lineup and all of that good stuff. Yeah, there's no reason to have him with the first team right now. It wouldn't yeah. make much sense because the Grizzlies aren't going to have him until the middle of December. So that's a great point there, DeMichael. And I just, again, if I was a fan of a team, and you're exactly right, I think maybe the – the players association not putting in a appeal for this or an appeal mm-hmm. for this. Mm-hmm. Maybe this was part of that process, you know? Yeah. He's suspended, but he's going to be with the team the whole time. You know, you never know what's going on behind the scenes. So that's a pretty major shift 
from what we expected. And it's a positive one for the Grizzlies and probably for Morant. I kind of talked myself into it over the span of that segment uh, because of the structure that he'll have that he wouldn't have had if he was away from the team the entire time. But there's other guys that are varying levels of with the team right now for a different reason, injuries. And we'll talk about Steven Adams, Brandon Clark, and more coming up next here on Lockdown Grizzlies. But first, this episode of Lockdown Grizzlies is brought to you by Abada. It is football season. That means pizza, wings, maybe some buffalo chicken dip, whatever you prefer at your tailgate. Go all out and get cash back on every purchase with Abada. Abada gives you cash back on hundreds of grocery items from produce, personal care, to pantry goods. So you can make sure you're beating inflation no matter what you're purchasing. Either link your loyalty account or upload your receipt after you shop and get your cash back. It is that easy. Other apps give you points that don't really amount to much. With Abada, you can get real cash back that you can cash out to your bank account, PayPal, or even into gift cards. And you can earn that cash towards hundreds of online brands for things like Lowe's, Macy's, Sephora, Best Buy, and much more when you start with Abada. Download the Abada app now and use the code LOCKED to start earning real cash back. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Abada app and use the code LOCKED. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use the code LOCKED. Steven Adams, Brandon Clark, injuries already at this point of the season. We're talking about that next here on Locked on Grizzlies. Welcome back to Locked on Grizzlies. I am Joe Molinax, joined by my wonderful co-host, Michael Cole, of the Commercial Appeal there in Memphis, Tennessee. He was in the flesh there in person at Media Day covering the Memphis Grizzlies. There was lots of cool media you know, we talked about Anthony Sane on our episode yesterday. I know he's doing his thing with his media group. I know Bluff City Media had a presence there. You know, just really cool to kind of see the opportunity that folks are getting to cover the team. And obviously, DeMichael, you're one of the biggest pieces of that there in Memphis. So if you're not already following DeMichael on X at DeMichael C, you most certainly should. Uh, if you want to follow somebody with hot opinions and takes, you know, at Joe Mullinax, that's a good way to go. When I write over at Bluff City Media. I wrote over at Bluff City Media about some key storylines going into the season, and one of them was the health of Stephen Adams. To Michael, there were some updates from Stephen Adams himself. I would say the Grizzlies kind of made it sound like Brandon Clark probably won't play this season. Uh, that would be my interpretation of the way that they're treating Clark. Maybe you disagree with that. Again, you were there in person. Uh, so maybe just some general takeaways in terms of the health of the roster going into camp. Yeah, as it pertains to those two guys, the word that I would use, Joe, is caution. Mm. Caution is is the word. Uh, starting with Brandon Clark because we can be a little bit more brief uh, with him. Uh, Zach Kleiman kind of, you know, let us in and knew, you know, on the fact that uh, actually Brandon Clark had another little minor procedure done, you know, over the summer to kind of clean up uh, some things. And, and he, he also added this was something that BC elected to do. This wasn't. Uh, required. It wasn't as if, you know, he he was struggling and they were like, you need right. to get this done. This was something he elect, elected to do after just consulting multiple doctors and whatnot. So uh, he said that BC, you know, by next season should be back, you know, at, at himself and possibly even better. But, you know, he didn't close the door on the return this season. For me, uh, what I got out of that was the caution. It's the same thing with Steven Adams. If you listen to the things that were said, uh, in regards to Steven Adams, it sounds a little bit conflicting, but I don't think it I don't think it's really conflicting, Joe. I think it's just it's just that 
hey, we want to be real careful with our words because we mm -hmm. said in March, remember, we said five on five. He's out in L.A. doing five on five. He's getting close. And then, boom, setback. And then, boom, another setback, right? He's supposed to be back in early April, right? He can be back right around the time for the playoffs. Boom, setback. So um, the word that they're, I think, to take away from uh, with Stephen Adams is caution as well. Uh, Stephen Adams is pretty much, they're saying he's good. He's good to go. But, uh, you know, Stephen Adams himself would not say that he's ready to play a full game, kind of from a cautionary perspective. You know, he's saying he's trying to prepare for the 82-game low. Remember, he, they're talking about having to ramp him up and things like that. And remember, we're talking about swelling in the knee, right? It, so uh, they're going to take their time. Season is still three weeks away. And it, I think it's going to be a build-up process. Is it a little bit concerning? Well, I'll let you answer that, Joe. But at the end of the day, I think the word is caution here in terms of how they're approaching it. They don't want to uh, say too much, and then it backfires on them in this case. It is massively concerning. It is massively concerning. This is a problem. <laughs> and there's people in our comments every day to Michael that talk yeah. about how this team needs a second center. They don't trust Xavier Tillman, or they don't trust the health of Steven Adams. And I've kind of written them off to this point. Sorry to our wonderful listeners and viewers that have had that take. You may not be that crazy if this is the literal place we're at after nine months. Now, I'm going to defer to Michael, and I'm going to do something that I don't usually do. I'm going to be patient when it comes mm. to these sorts of things. I know I'm growing. That's called growth. Look at that. Look at that. It's called growth to Michael. I think that you're right that they have to be patient. And one of the interesting things about this season is the John Morant suspension buys patience, right? Like, obviously, I'd rather Steven Adams be out there on opening night. But until John Morant returns, we have no idea what this team is anyway. So if he's not ready, is it the end of the world? No. Does it make me super comfortable that he's still on the roster and he's not able to play after this long of an issue? Yeah, it, it makes me nervous. I'm more nervous. and <laughs> You won't be surprised. I'm more, I would trade Brandon Clark right now. Like I would move him right now. I would send him and John Conchar to the Indiana Pacers with a first-round pick for Buddy Heald. I would do that immediately. I've been nervous about that injury. You know I've been nervous about that yeah, injury. Yeah, now yeah. they're talking about other procedures, even if they're elective, even if they're things that weren't necessary for him to play. Anytime you open up a body part and anytime you're trying to get that work done, especially for a player with his type of athleticism, being yeah. so dependent to what makes him impactful, that's a four-year, $50 million extension that kicks in right now. Thank you, Brandon. I appreciate you for everything. I'll help make the highlight video. I would move <laughs> on from him right now. And, and you'll probably disagree with that, and I understand, but I just I, I do not trust that injury. I don't trust the timeline. This team is trying to contend in the here and now, and I don't know that even when he's healthy, Brandon Clark is going to be that piece moving forward because of the type of injury he sustained. Yeah, I, I get why you're saying that. But yeah, at the same time, you know, uh, I do think that they need to honor him. And and he is a difference maker. When you talk about the fact that he is the one guy off the bench who has consistently averaged double-digit points, he's the guy who you can put in a closing lineup when Steven Adams does not fit that closing lineup. He was think about, all those things. Yeah, and think about that Lakers series, right, with we, we, – um, Xavier Tillman, you know, was guarding LeBron James and did a wonderful job. That could have been Brandon Clark, too, who I think would have did a decent job as well in that situation. But with all that being said, uh, I mean, I, I think 
that there is a place on this roster for Brandon Clark moving forward. And Achilles injuries, I mean, we've seen a lot of guys kind of come back for them uh, in recent years. So I, I'm not going to close the door on him, even though he is a very a big-time athlete. But there, there are a couple other guys, too, injury update-wise, that we can kind of just clear the air on. I think we've already talked about Desmond Bain. That wasn't really new to us, uh, him mm-hmm. being pretty much a full go. Uh, Zaire Williams is the other one I wanted to mention. And we'll talk mm-hmm. more about him in the next segment. We just right. want to mention the fact that the Grizzlies kind of clear, cleared the air and basically said that he was, quote-unquote, healthy enough to play in Summer League. If you don't remember that entire situation, Zaire Williams mm-hmm. did play in Summer League, and it kind of you know created a conversation. I know me and Joe were talking about it a lot on here at that time. Sure. And basically uh, what I got from it was the fact that uh, – in summer league, the weight program that those guys have to do because they're playing games was not conducive to what the Grizzlies wanted Zaire Williams to be doing at that time because of that. Uh, again, caution is the word. I mean, that's that's one of the big words from this. Uh, they wanted to be cautious with him. There was He was healthy at the end of the season, as Zach Kleiman said, as he said himself. He was healthy at the end of the regular season. But the Grizzlies want to be cautious because, again, this is a top 10 pick. We're talking about, and this is a huge year for him, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. But injury-wise, things are clearing up. Gigantic year for Zaire Williams. But, you know, I, I will continue to have this Brandon Clark conversation because it's one of the few things that we disagree on. So I think that there's plenty of uh, legs in, in that uh, conversation. I don't think they're going to trade him. I think you're correct. They'll keep him yeah. on the roster. But I'm just saying what I would do because, you know, I'm an agent of chaos. When we come back here on Lockdown Grizzlies – We will talk other takeaways for DeMichael. Again, he was there in Memphis covering for the commercial appeal, but also for Locked On Grizzlies, the uh, events of the day at FedEx Forum. We're going to talk about some of his biggest takeaways, DeMichael's that is, next here on Locked On Grizzlies. Stay with us. Welcome back to Locked On Grizzlies. I am Joe Molinax, joined by my incomparable co-host, Michael Cole, of the commercial appeal there in Memphis, Tennessee. I, of course, of Bluff City Media. Between the two of us, we cover the Grizzlies pretty extensively. I've covered them over a decade. DeMichael is the beat writer for the commercial appeal there in Memphis. You've come to the right place, is my point, for Memphis Grizzlies content. And we hope you'll stick around and become an everyday, or if you're not already one, here with us on Lockdown Grizzlies. DeMichael, we talked about the shocking. Again, I'm still blown away uh, yeah. that John Morant's literally going to be with the team today at practice. That just is phenomenal to me. Um, it, it, it just is extremely helpful, and we'll definitely be able to talk more about that in subsequent episodes. Uh, Injury updates, Steven Adams being iffy, Brandon Clark not so iffy, uh, Zaire and Dez getting the clean bill of health. And I know that you're going to talk a little bit more about Zaire, so the floor will be yours, partner, for this last segment. I'll kind of react to uh, some of your takeaways from Media Day, things that you noted and noticed uh, from the various availabilities from the Grizzlies uh, players, and then, of course, head coach Taylor Jenkins and general manager Zach Kleiman. Yeah, that's a lot. I mean, it, it, it's, it was, again, there are so, so many things that were very revealing. Well, since we talked about Zaire Weaves in the last mm. thing, we, we can kind of start there uh, real quick with him. Uh, because not even, I'll, I'll carry it on a little bit, Patson, because it was with the young guys in general. The young guys, there's some, I mean, <laughs> confidence that might not even be the word. Uh, those guys are really daring to be great. Uh, Zaire Williams is throwing out words like all NBA defensive team, like as a as a you know a goal and things like that. He mm-hmm. said this is the most he's weighed. He kept reiterating. I think he said it two or three times. He said that nobody 
has worked harder than him this summer. Nobody. Uh, the guy's put the work in. He's confident he's put the work in. And once you put the work in, you should be confident in yourself. Uh, but but I I feel like Zaire Williams has always been a confident player. You know, he's always been a guy that says, oh, my shot's eventually going to fall. My shot's eventually going to fall. But he's taking it to a whole nother level. And, you know, everyone else that we talked to, when we talked about that opening small forward position, Jay Gravia, David Roddy, John Cotter, all these different guys, mm-hmm. everyone's kind of like, oh, well, you know, I'm going to, you know, I'm just going to work hard and, and, you know, the cliche stuff. Uh, Zaire straight up said he's going for it. Like he he ain't playing no games, man. I, I Zaire's confidence stood out to me uh, immediately. But then there's the other young guy too, Jake Laravia. Uh, warmed on him for too long, but he was sounds pretty confident as well. He basically said that he should be in the same conversation with Luke Kennard and Desmond Bain as the Grizzlies' top shooters. I think that Zaire Williams, and we'll probably talk more about this on a future episode. Mm-hmm. He makes the most sense as the guy to fill that fifth spot in the starting lineup. If you assume it's Marcus Smart, oh, Devin, sure. Aaron Jackson Jr., Stephen Adams, assuming this upside yeah. in a few weeks when the season officially gets underway, uh, it should be Zaire, right? Somebody said they think he's six foot 10 now. If that's accurate, he's a true perimeter player that is six foot 10. He's not Kevin Durant in terms of ability, but he might be Kevin Durant in terms of frame. And when you have that guy that can be a true two or three and not have to play small ball four, the length of that front court. Think about him next to Jaron and Steven Adams alongside a perimeter point of attack defender like Marcus Smart. Yeah. Desmond Bain, you know, or Zaire are your worst defenders. And if Zaire plays the way that he thinks he can play, that makes you even more likely to be a top five or so defense. And that'll keep them in games, even when their offense struggles without John Morant early on. Uh, the, the LaRavia stuff was interesting to me because I do believe that the Grizzlies have invested in Zaire so much. They want it to be Zaire. LaRavia is the most interesting. I think he's the guy with the skill set that is most likely to be the other there, right? Because mm-hmm. they want it to be a bigger wing. Uh, one of my takeaways from listening to the interviews to Michael, and tell me if, if I'm off base with this, I just got the vibe they want a bigger dude there. Like, no mm-hmm. disrespect to Luke Kennard and John Conchar especially Kennard, because a lot of people, myself included, have advocated for Kennard as the starter. I think that they like the idea of Kennard and Santi Aldama together off the bench with defensive players kind of rotating around them, continued spacing and offensive power. So I I think that's probably the route they'll go. And Kennard and Aldama figure to be long-term key cogs in that second unit reserve group anyway. So maybe keeping them in that role for when Jaw does come back, maybe you just say Zaire, you got to get used to it. You know, you'll make the adjustment, whatever the case might be. Plus Zaire has experience in that starting right. three role that also gives him kind of the leg up. But LaRavia, you know, you've talked about his shooting stroke. You've talked about the skills that he possesses. He theoretically could be a bigger, slightly better defensively, type of Luke Kennard player at his peak. And that would, of course, hold value when compared to Zaire Williams, who we want to see take that leap within the Grizzly schemes. But as you and I have talked about a ton, hasn't consistently happened to this point. Yeah, I, I mean, and that's kind of what everyone's waiting on in terms of, you know, with Zaire Williams. And and getting back to your earlier point, you said you you get the sense that they want a bigger guy. Uh, I kind of I lean towards that. And I'll add on more to that. Uh, from the fact that I've gotten a sense uh, after talking to some people around there, I get the sense that 
They want a guy who's going to really play defense. And right. And remember early in the season, like you're talking to Kleiman and things like that. And I was kind of leaning like, oh, it seems like they want to put Kennard there. But listening to the coach, you know, Taylor Jenkins and some players and some other people talking, it sounds like they're they're leaning towards a bigger wing. And if that's the case, you know, John Contra, Zaire Williams, Jake Laravia, David Roddy, those are the names that are bigger factors, you know, into that uh, conversation. But, uh, er, er, again, it was so much to take away, and, and we'll, right. hit on, we'll hit on some of this stuff. Uh, we talk. We can talk about Taylor Jenkins tomorrow. He he was very revealing, but you you gave the people a cliffhanger at the top, so we we can't go without it. We can't go without. We need to know mm. what you got to say about Derrick Rose because I'll say what I, I already said what I had to say. Uh, Derrick Rose was, I mean, he was real. He 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 brought up his trespasses from the past without people having to bring them up, and and you know. Uh, that kind of takes away the power from kind of attacking someone. From he's like, yeah, I know I I did this and I had this situation and and whatnot. But now I'm 34. I'm married, and he said, if anything, when you see me, you should see growth. And he talked about, you know, uh, one of the the biggest quotes from the entire thing was, "I'm not here to babysit." I mean that that was important. People people have been telling is he here to is he here to you know be like a Udonis Haslam? Is he is he really gonna provide minutes to this team? Uh Derrick Rose said what pretty much I've kind of alluded to this summer that he believes last season not playing in those those minutes uh kind of you know saved him some miles, you know, going forward on his career. But all in all, uh I think most people were there would say that Derrick Rose gave one of the most real authentic uh, interviews we've seen around here in a while. Yeah, he pulled a B rabbit from Eight Mile, right? He he said there it things is. that uh <laughs> that Papa Doc was going to say against him. Okay, and I I <laughs> could do that entire rap, but this is a family show, so I will I'll keep that to myself. I might save that for uh, a time that Michael and I are hanging out. And let him get the the B rabbit experience from Joe Molinax. Um, I think that the my hot take is I, I was wrong which I very rarely say one in one conversation. And it's exactly mm. because of that. Right. I really respected that he came out and pulled the B rabbit. You know what? I know everything that is going to be said against me. Mm. I know that I have committed past transgressions mm. and I've grown from them. And he talked about, as we have talked about, and we kind of hoped that Rose would see it. And clearly he does. No, he talked about how, how rare it is for a star player to be mentored yeah. by the guy from the prior generation's version of yeah. him. Yeah. Cause that's he what Derek that. Rose is. He said that word for, he's like, that doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. So between the model of leadership, that is Marcus smart. And I think Derek Rose can do that in a different way. Like he did in Monday's presser and pushing him in terms of, Oh, I understand why you tried to do that. Cause I literally did that in 2011. Let me show you how I developed my game once they started stopping that. The, the, to the credit of Kleiman and Jenkins, I think they have gotten, aside from Mikel Bridges or somebody like that that was likely never obtainable, they've gotten the two best things that the Grizzlies need. And they center around John Morant, as we talked about at the time when those trades and signings happened. The ball is in John Morant's court now. Like There's no reason that over the next two months he can't be a sponge around those dudes and see what it takes to be a person that grows, to be a professional basketball player. I, I heard exactly what I needed to hear from Derrick Rose. 
I'll believe that he's a, you know, a competent full 82 game player when I see it. But in terms of him being that guy that can push Morant, not just be that babysitter, he made a believer out of me. So that would be my hot take. I very rarely admit when I'm wrong, but I'm, I'm going to take the L on this one in a positive way and say that I think Rose is going to be a, a great fit in Memphis. I, I agree with you. I think he's going to be a great fit. And I mean, I can't, I can't wait to see it, it plays out now. Honestly, I want to see him play on the court because he kept, yeah. he kept, he kept reiterating like, yeah, um, you know, he's saying all these wise, knowledgeable things, sure. but he was saying, I, I can still play. And if yeah. Derrick Rose still feels like he could be that same guy from two years ago, you win. I mean, yeah. now, you, now you have, in my mind, the deepest guard rotation in the NBA when you can throw out Derrick Rose as your third-string point guard, when you got uh, Marcus Smart uh, probably staggering with John Morant when you're at full mm-hmm. health. Now now you got something really going on there. Yeah. But uh, I think that was definitely one of the bigger takeaways. But uh, tomorrow we can definitely hit on uh, Taylor Jenkins. Uh, he he really leaned into some things. And, uh, you know, the, self, the self-awareness was there with him. And that's another sign of growth. Right. And development. We have to remember Jenkins has been a head coach in the NBA the same amount of time that John Moran has been a player in the NBA the same time that Zach Kleiman has been a general manager in the NBA. They literally all three came together in that summer of 2019 growth. I think that might be the major theme of this coming season. And that could lead to a uh, improvement in terms of spring victory in the playoffs, which is what everybody's hoping to see. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Lockdown Grizzlies. Again, free and available wherever you get your podcasts as proud members of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team each and every day. Make sure you're subscribing, liking, commenting, rating, reviewing, whatever it might be over on YouTube as well as wherever you get your podcasts. As Michael alluded to, we'll talk Taylor Jenkins tomorrow and some other takeaways from Media Day. First practice notes from DeMichael, all sorts of fun things. Make sure you're joining us. Until then, I'm Joe Molinax. That's to Michael Cole. Stay locked in. Memphis Grizzlies fans, have a great rest of your day. We'll catch you tomorrow here on Lockdown Grizzlies.